Android Heroes. Well, alright, people. Welcome back to another episode of Celluloid Heroes. I am Sean Shapiro. And I'm Stephen Fine. And this week, we've got the sequel to the smash hit, It. Um, yeah, It. The first It uh, doesn't, you know, qualify itself chapter one. Well, at the end of the movie, it does. Does it? Yeah. What do you it mean? It goes to black and it comes up, It, and then it says chapter one underneath it at the end of the first movie. But it's not in... It's not uh, in the promo. Or material. in yeah. anything you look up. It just says it. What about IMDb? No. Oh, well. Yeah, it's just it. Uh, yeah. Under my IMDb, it's, yeah. just, it's just it. Both of the other ones. But are I think that was like the surprise of the end of the movie. It's like, of course, chapter two will come. Well, yeah, although it, I think it could have worked as a movie by itself. And it's obviously based on the book. And so it was going to have a chapter two. And it was very anticipated because it also got... I mean, a huge cast. It got James McAvoy, it got Jessica Chastain, it got Bill Hader, and if you know him, James Ranzone uh, from The Wire. And, you should know him. Oh, yeah, you definitely should. But I was excited for this cast, very excited as it was announced. I really loved the first It. I thought it was great. I thought the kids were awesome. And excited to see what they could do with the sequel, Mixing the Kids and the Adults. And it came out to sort of mixed reviews. Not certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Just a no. 63%, 80% audience score. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about It Chapter 2. And with that, we decided to go back to another Stephen King adaptation. Another batch of Dairy Kids, Dairy Main Kids, being adapted into a film in Dreamcatcher from 2003 from Lawrence Kasdan about a group of kids also affected by some supernatural force when they were young and brought together as adults to kind of save the world. It's a very similar story, but definitely different execution, different in a lot of other ways. And so we'll talk about both of those, Dreamcatcher and It Chapter 2, right now. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. Okay, it chapter two. Director Andy Muschietti, Muschietti comes back as the director of it chapter two, and the writer, one of the writers, the writer from I guess who did the rewrites, who uh, came in after Kerry Fukunaga and his writing partner wrote the first one, Gary Dauberman came in and did some rewrites, and now he has come in to write the second one by himself. There's a little change in you know the second one, maybe a reason why it's. Not as good, in my opinion, but we'll talk about it. And I guess in the critical opinion, but we'll talk about that too. Got the writer, we got the director back. 
producers back and got all the people sort of that were involved back, except for, I think, also a key missing person in this formula, who was the cinematographer of the first one, not brought back for the second one, who was Chan. Park Chan Wook. Park Chan Wook's cinematographer actually was for the first one. And this one is a guy you can't click on on Wikipedia. So that's what that's, that's how you judge <laughs> that's something. That's but something. What else has this cinematographer done besides a chapter two? I mean, I can't click on him. I, well, I you, there's IMDb. on IMDb. You can look him up. Um, he's done a lot of television. Uh, he did miracles from heaven. If you saw that movie <laughs> with Jennifer Garner, What's um, this guy's name Checo. Oh, he did Pacific Rim. He did the arrival with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. I mean, no really great movies. Uh, but somehow he was brought in for It Chapter 2. And uh, I think that's one of the main differences, which I think does make a difference between this movie and the last. But coming back to It Chapter 2, we are getting the adults in this. They all have to come back together to Derry to finish the It Saga. It comes back. 27 years later. Exactly. And they set that up in the first movie. The kids realize that this happens every 27 years. This like monster starts eating children around town. And then they know, they make the promise once they've kind of defeated it for the time being when they're kids. In the first one, they make the promise that they'll come back if it ever comes back. Yep. And they get the call from Mike, who is still the only one living in Derry. And he's still the closest person to the memories that they had. And he's the only one that actually does remember everything that happened. And he calls everybody back together because of what happens in this sort of pre-scene that opens up the movie, which I was really kind of disturbed by in a very wrong way. I was, I was like, what is going on here? Why is Xavier Dolan getting beat up right now? Why are we witnessing a scene of like really a hate crime going on to start this movie? E- evil. I, it, doesn't it always happen towards kids, though? I mean, like, why is this? I was a very no. I mean, and also like teens, right? So I thought that it only went after kids. I guess I could be wrong. Also, I was just, I don't know. It put me in a really weird space to begin the movie because I was, it was like you're really witnessing somebody, a, a gay a hate person, get beat up because he's gay, right? For no real reason, like that has an effect on the other part of the movie. Well, and I then it the just ca- was like after he got beat up, it was like, oh, the credits are still rolling, and you're just like supposed to have been a weird like. It put me in a weird space to open the movie because it was like, I was disturbed by what was happening. Yeah, I think that was the point. But I don't think I was supposed to be disturbed in that way. I mean, why was that the point? I mean, because it's evil. It's like pure evil being shown in how it's shown in everyday life, you know? I don't know. I just felt the scene to open up the first one with Georgie was just such a great scene. It's an iconic scene, but like, that is the scene. That scene is the scene that anyone thinks about when they think of it. It's right. the storm drain. Exactly. And then you, to, you're not going to be able to, you can't do the storm drain again. No, you can't. But I think you could, I think this thing to open up the movie just did not put me into a, the right it space. It was just a very strange thing to open the movie for, for my taste. A hate crime. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. I mean, it felt like a bold choice to me. Especially with Xavier Don Juan in there. I mean, like, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was Xavier, weird. yeah, Xavier Dolan, Dolan, De- Dolan. I don't Dolan. know how to Xavier Dolan. He's a fucking French Canadian director, but he's an actor too. I, I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, remember he was announced that he was going to be in the movie. I thought he might have been one of the adult kids, but I, I guess he just ended up being this guy. There's also a couple of the director cameos in there. I mean, little Peter Bogdanovich. Oh my god, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, who's James McAvoy's director? James McAvoy's an adult, is a writer. Yeah, and he's writing screenplay. I mean, it just felt fun. It felt like one of those throwback movies you saw, like in the '90s, where like you're seeing all these like grown up versions of the kids doing these like cool jobs. Like Bill Hader's a stand up comic, and in the book, it's funny that he's a disc jockey and not a stand up comic. But I guess it's adapted for the modern age. In the movie, the TV movie, he's an actor, a comedic actor. Oh, really? Okay. 
Yeah. Well, I guess they're adapting it to fit better. But the adults, Bill Hader is a stand-up comedian. James Ransone is a... A limo risk, driver. Risk, no, he's a risk analyst. Oh, I thought he was like driving a... You were that, drunk that, that, when you saw this, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, was, I was drunk when I saw this, which made it a lot of fun. And, but yeah, uh, no, but remember he was driving the SUV around. I That image always makes me think of like a... Driver. A driver, because he's yeah. wearing that suit, driving that uh, SUV around New York City. I mean, it's just like a, a driver kind of look. But yeah. the, it was hilarious to have the reveal of his wife. And like, like you're like, oh, well, he married his mother. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a you know, fat shaming Cause, in there. Because... Eddie um, is just like one of the best characters of the first movie. That little kid that they yeah. got who no one had ever seen before kills it. But I mean, Eddie's relationship with his mother is just the whole thing. You know, his fear of the leper. Oh, yeah. And that was great part of the first one. But yeah. it didn't translate to the second one at all because he didn't really. I mean, like that was the only part. It was like a joke. But it, I mean, it, his, what, character, his relationship with his mother. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was part of it a little bit, but it just was for the scare, I guess. Yeah. But, but did you not think James Ransone was awesome? No, I, I liked him. Actually, he was the one I liked the most. Really? Uh, out yeah, of I mean, all the I still think it's because Eddie's one of the best characters. Maybe, but I mean, I love, as actors, I love McAvoy, Chastain, and Hater. I didn't like them in this. You didn't like any of really, them? Really, I, I liked... I liked Chastain, I guess. I, I thought think, Hater was great. What did you not like about Hater? It, the, I thought the, the the problem I think was the material that they had to work with. The writing was not good in this movie. I just really thought the writing was very generic horror writing stuff, and it was very kind of like there were reactions more than there were actual conversations going on and actual points being made. And more like Bill Hader was just like, "What the fuck?" or like, "Oh, these people were just like, Jesus fuck Christ!" Like all these reactions to things that were going on. And I that mean, was, definitely in that know, first scene where the Chinese food starts turning into all these little creatures. oh, that pissed me off a lot just because like just leave. That was hilarious. Just leave the restaurant. Why are you letting this happen right now? Just I, bet you, I just knew that the gag was coming where the waiter was going to come and see them like beating up nothing. I, like, right. And then obviously they were just like, check please. And then they walked out. Obviously they would have to, you know, do I mean, a little bit more, you know, if that like happened. The, hum- the humor was still like. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as funny to me. Uh, and then the scares were not as scary. Like they were kind of cartoonish. A lot of them. It was like. What very were the scares? Strange. Well, exactly. The, the only what? scare that was really scary was the old lady in the apartment. Yeah. That was great. The old lady in the apartment was great. I liked the little girl going under the bleachers, talking to the clown under the bleachers. It wasn't scary to me, really. It was just... No, it's just like, like a creepy sensation. Like, anytime he comes... I mean, yeah, just I mean, yeah, staying in the house. I, I didn't get scared in the fun house with the little kids in there. No, but no. But it was just like, it's a monster. So, at this point, I feel like the first one just built on all the suspense. Now you're just going to see him wreak havoc again. Well, it was also... Just the stages that they went through felt a little bit similar to what a video game is like in a way where they would go through the stages and every character has to split up and find their own, you know, totem and find their own artifact. And now we're going to be the boss of that level because there's a scare going to happen to everybody in their specific level. And then they have to beat the boss to get their token. And once they get their token together, they have to gather it back and do the ritual. And then the ritual doesn't even work, which is so stupid. I think it was like the ritual. Mike didn't tell them that the ritual wasn't going to work. And he knew that and it was off or not. It was. How did he know it wasn't going to work though? Because he had read that it didn't work or he, they told him that it didn't work previously with the other people. That's because he said that they didn't believe. They didn't believe. Yeah, that was so stupid. They didn't but believe. Did, did it not the work? Fucking belief. It ended up working, right? Well, after they figured out that they needed to make him small by insulting him. Yeah. Which was also dumb. You don't like that? No, I thought it was so stupid. They were saying. You have to make him small to get through the little crack in the cave. Then they said, oh, no, we have to make him small by just insulting him. I thought that was so stupid. 
I guess, it, I mean, what's funny is that I've never read a Stephen King book. Neither have I. But I've seen a lot of the movies, and by seeing a lot of these movies and a lot of the characters and the story arcs that he creates that have become great movies, I feel like I get a sense for his style of storytelling. Well, how many movies that have been adapted of Stephen King novels are great? Not many. At least 10. No. Carrie? There's five. Maybe. Do you count The Mist? Well, that's an adaptation, sure. Do you count it as great? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say Shaw- that's in a Shawshank top. Redemption, Stand By Me, Carrie. Well, that's four. The Mist. It's already in there. Running Man. It's not great. Running Man's great. It's good. It's not great. Green Mile. That's six. Five. No. No. I'm not putting Running Man in there. Hold on. Shawshank, Stand By Me, Carrie. The Mist. The Green Mist. Mi- Green Mile. Green Mile. Thinner. Uh, you know that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> what other? St- oh, Misery. Yeah, sure. Six. But I mean, he's there's been uh, so many. Not Dreamcatcher. <laughs> no, not Cujo, not Pet not, Cemetery, not... Um, Shining. Well, yeah, but that's a very loose it adaptation. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> that fucking counts. Sure, It's it a does. Stephen King adaptation. Sure, sure. Seven out of there, there, 20, I probably. I guarantee you I could get more. Maximum overdraft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> no. there are just so many. It's like, it's so ingrained in popular culture. Yeah, but it's... It, Whether they were great movies, like most of them were hits, I think, right? Well, sure, because they're Stephen King adaptations. Right. And Dark Tower obviously sucked. Yes, Dark Tower would not go on there. No. Um, Hearts in Atlantis? No, I don't think so. Uh, well, people liked it. Did they? No. Anton Yelchin. Well, he's good, you know, but the movie wasn't that good. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I didn't see it. And now they've adapted 11, 23, 63. Yeah, that was TV, though. Anyway, yeah. Well, it, well, what, I, what I'm saying is that I've seen a lot of great movies that were adaptations of his books. Probably more than seven. other. Yeah, but can you list another author who's had that many books turned into amazing movies? Well, there aren't that many prolific authors that have been adapted. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it, No matter what, Stephen King is an essence that we have gotten through watching movies throughout our childhood into our adult life. Yeah, sure. Right? So we get a sense for his storytelling and his type of characters. And it's very specific. Even though he crosses genres, you can feel it in the nature of his characters. The way plots unfold and sometimes very... Uh, supernatural ways. Supernatural, but also convenient oh, well, ways. You know, yeah. Very often. What, well, he's a popular author. He's a, he, the things are sort of... What I'm getting at is it, all, of it, all of It Chapter 2... Felt like it was in his universe. And I don't know what fans are saying about the movie. I know what the popular masses are saying, but like fans of the book seem to like really enjoy it. They know it's not as good as the first because probably the kids' stuff is the best part of the novel. You know, I, I can't imagine the adult stuff is the better part of the novel because they had the same problem with the TV. Uh, adaptation. The kids stuff worked and freaked people the fuck out. And by the time it got to the adult stuff, people were like, what is going on? This is garbage. And you end up seeing a really stupid spider creature in both versions because that's in the book what happens. Yeah. So I, this just felt like, and I had just recently watched it, the TV version and seen the adult version play out to the end. And it was, you know, it's horrific. It's a TV movie. It's early nineties, but it's real, real bad. So this was, you know, oh, it's a watchable movie. It's like, I can actually get to the very end and be entertained by the horror of it and the, and the connection that these friends have and seeing kids grow up into these adults and have to wrestle with their childhood fears again and then destroy the monster. It gave me what I wanted. I wanted a conclusion to the story and it was much better than that TV version. So The ending was better? Yeah, the whole adult aspect of it the adults were better actors than the tv version they matched better with their kids it felt like a better version better produced version than 
that TV version. And I never imagined the adult part would be better than the kid part. So, and then when I saw the reviews and saw that it was average, I was like, oh, this is going to be really bad. So when I went in, I think I just got entertained enough to get through because I never really expected much out of this once Carrie Fukunaga left the project. Well, what I also didn't mention, which is important to the reason why I also didn't enjoy You did mention this earlier. What, the time? The writer? No, no, no. The length of the movie. Three hours. Yeah, I, I felt it. I felt it a lot, actually, in the sections of the movies. It was just, it felt very cut up into certain sections, and then it was like, oh my God, we're only an hour in, there's two more hours to go, or there's only, and, and even two hours, there's another hour to go. There was a lot of time that I think could have been cut out, or a lot of things that could have been sped up. I think that the chemistry between the characters also was not there. There were a couple people that like had good chemistry together, but I feel like the whole group as adults, did not have good chemistry. I don't know. I liked it. I dug their whole group together. Uh, that bothered me also. Like uh, I thought, I thought uh, James Ranson and Bill Hader. Those two were the only people that I felt had really good chemistry together. I thought McAvoy and Chastain and even the Australian guy who was adult Ben, who I've never seen before. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Worked. I mean, yeah, but he wasn't bad. He, he no, he did, wasn't bad. He did the job. I didn't like him as much as an adult as I liked him as a kid. And also, it's like, well, okay, that's a good lesson. If you get better looking, you know, you might be able to get the girl. But that was the get lesson that was in the fucking book. I know, I know. But it's just like That's the thing. The whole, the whole movie felt like it was, even though you said they changed a lot, it felt like it was being fairly faithful to the arcs and the spirit of the book. Well, you don't know. You didn't read the book. No, I didn't. But it, but, but it just felt like... How does it feel like something you didn't read? It felt like it didn't divert from the book as far as the tv version did because what i read about uh the tv version diverting you, you read it diverted more yeah than this one this one was definitely more faithful to the book i feel like you could also be more but, faithful both, in an r-rated movie than a tv miniseries because it's pretty gory you know sort of like yeah but i mean you just, they just showed that. less like when georgie got eaten in the drain but also with the you know jessica chastain and her father stuff i mean or the uh, you know fucking beverly beverly and her they, father they, stuff. i mean they hint at it in the TV version. Well, right. That's why I said it can go further. But it, yeah, I mean, it can go rated. It, it can go further into that territory. But, I mean, yeah, the fact that it's rated R and has movie stars is already going to put it on another level of a well-produced movie. Yeah, I just think that even if they didn't use the movie stars, that didn't help it for me. Like, that didn't help it. Um, they were better actors than the TV version. Like, well, all no, I'm no, doing. No. Like, of course, you're comparing it to the TV version. Fine. And it's better than that. But I'm just saying how It Chapter 2 could have been better. Uh, I think that it, I think that the main the main problem I said yeah was with the writing and I think the direction isn't that great. I mean I didn't see any problem with the direction, but I wasn't really paying attention well, to the direction. It's just like it it's all an atmosphere. It's a feeling, it, and it felt like it was in the world of the first movie. Did the de aging of the kids bother you at no. all? No. Did you notice it? I noticed it because I read about it. I think had I not read about it, I probably would have. Hmm. maybe noticed something was off, but it didn't bump me. I thought, okay, well that's, that's about as good as you can get for that. I thought it was, I, I thought it was a little weird. It, I, I, I noticed it on the kids' faces a little bit. And also I felt like the other CGI stuff was so cartoony, like the monsters and the, yeah. it at the end, like with the spider, but they I were running. The first one was cartoony too. When he came out of the fridge and was like twirling, like that's cooler. And it was it. And it was, it was Pennywise. It wasn't like some weird, you know, monster shit that we'd never seen before. What weird monster shit? Well, it was the leper. The leper always looked very CG in the first movie. Well, yeah, that did. But also, 
the like the monsters that they would find on their you know each of their journeys to get their tokens yeah they looked all like very cartoonish like with the long tongues and like with the bulging eyes you know that kind of thing it wasn't scary it was i laughed it was more like laughter when that happened and that wasn't i don't think the intention i mean you like when the woman came out naked oh that was know. crazy yeah that yeah, but, i mean but it, then the well, monster came out and then it was like the large creature version well, of, the, well, of the old woman yeah, so like it, it was scary until that happened until it came out with and like then you cracked fucking up. saggy tits and like that kind of thing. Yeah, but it was so absurd and crazy it got a reaction. Well, yeah, but you. I don't think it was supposed to be funny. I think I was supposed to be scared at that moment. And you actually just thought it was funny. Yeah, I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, okay. I mean, we're about to talk about Dreamcatcher, and you're going to tell me that Dreamcatcher well, is better with, with well, wait, in, wait. in regards to that fucking CG look, monster look? There are other reasons why I think Dreamcatcher is better, but I have more things to talk about why I didn't like uh, It Chapter 2. So what about this whole... Uh, Richie, what about this whole Richie gay thing? What do you think about that? Richie what? Richie's gay kind of thing. What, what what did you think about that? Did you know that it happened? When did it happen? So in Bill Hader's, in Richie's flashback, he's playing Street Fighter and yeah. then wants to play again with this kid because he kind of sees that he like likes him. And there's a recognition that Richie is a little gay in that scene. And the kids I think come he's over. just making a connection. No, 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 no. This is, uh, this is actually what people are talking about. And then when Pennywise comes and greets him on the Paul Bunyan statue when he's in the park, he goes, I'm going to tell everybody your secret, your dark, dirty secret, you know? And yeah. that's sort of the only time, again, where it's hinted and it never comes back. Well... Like he does was that admit, in the was that in the book? No, if you've read that about this, was not in the book. They added it. Yep, and it, it just, was actually a fan theory. Was the scene in the opening of the movie in the book? Not the that one I know. where the the gay guys got beat up. Not that I know of. You're sure though? Not, I, not, it's not that I know of. So it could be. Because I think be, it but is. I didn't I think read that. I heard that that scene was in the book. If that's in the book, fine. But the Richie being gay, like explicitly, is not in the book. But it was a fan theory that he could be. And Stephen King apparently likes it or likes that that choice was made. But I thought it was weird because it also just doesn't come back. It doesn't get resolved. Reggie doesn't like admit to his friends that he's gay or anything like that. He doesn't like Bill Hader doesn't ever do that. I was always expecting that scene to happen or that moment to happen where he's got like, guys, I'm gay. But it never happens. I mean, it was going to be forced at a certain point anyway. It just was weird that that was brought up in a point that it was never really resolved. Yeah, I didn't connect the dirty little secret with, yeah, I just thought he was making friends and he just like was being bullied. Nope, he was gay. But another thing that didn't- But he never admits to being gay. That's the thing. That's why I was, that's why I was like, why doesn't he admit it? Why doesn't he come out? I thought that was, you know, a sort of a thing that was going to happen, but it didn't. And also another thing that wasn't resolved that I thought was weird that was mentioned, and it was cool at the time that I was, I thought it was cool that it was going to come back and be a part of the story that just wasn't, was the way that uh, Beverly could see the way that people died. You know, that was just mentioned, but I thought there was going to be something cool with that, you know, where it was like flashing the way that people died well, or something it, where you it, see it, that. It, well, I mean, no, but it, it, it kind of brings that story to a conclusion where they figure out how she got that power. Well, they do figure that out, but I thought it was going to be cool where the way it would be like, go into it a little more, but it didn't because Beverly didn't really do anything. He didn't use it, really. No, I mean, she just saw it that one time. Right. So I wanted more with that situation. I don't know if there was more about that in the book or not, but kind of fell short there. Oh, I do have one thing to say, positive. What positive thing do you have to say? Cool transitions, bro. That's all I have to say. But other way, You actually otherwise, thought the transitions were cool in the movie? Yeah, I do. 
There was what, really, what, what, are you, what are you thinking of transitions, like uh, the way that it would come out of the scenes, like the way that it came out of the night scene at the beginning of the movie to the fair, uh, to the fair at the beginning, and then um, how it came from underneath the table while he was doing the puzzle, and then it came. There was a, there was a few really cool transitions that I liked. So there's some direction, right? Some stylistic yeah. choices made. Those are that you appreciated. Yeah, those are the only real choices that I did enjoy in the movie. The rest of them, I felt like, fell short from every expectation that I had. So you had pretty high expectations. Yes, because I loved the first one. But even though the reviews came out saying it was mediocre, yeah. that it fell short. Yeah, I could have... I mean, I think I... Don't you feel like it kind of hit that 63%? No, I think it's a, a rotten movie. I think it's a 50s, 53, something like that. 55, maybe, but not 63. It's an 80% audience score, so most people are liking it. I think it just satisfies what they wanted. I do think that, but in three hours, and that's unnecessary. It gave fans of the book more of what they wanted, I think. Maybe, yeah, but if we're not fans of the book, we're just going into it as a fan of the It movie, I think it's a rough go. But I'm but rare, the rare when there. I saw the first It, I was like, yeah, it's good, but it's not like... But you came around. I mean, I've come around to say, yeah, it's a great horror movie, but is it a, is the first It a classic? It might in time be. It's hard to judge. You mean the miniseries? No, no. Uh, the miniseries is not. You know, people... Well, it's hard to tell a classic have, two years after it's been made. Yeah, well, exactly. But but I don't think it's a classic. I just think it's a really good horror movie. It's like a... And, and it, well, it was, the, it's, it's special because it hit a moment where it's like... It connected like a blockbuster mainstream feeling well, with horrific R-rated material. Well, it's that... It's a, like in the category of broad horror. Yeah. Whereas broad comedy is sort of the same thing, where it's like, there's a lot of great independent horror that's happening out there. But broad horror? Yeah. How much great shit is out there? I think it's one of the best out there. Right. The first it, yeah. So it's hard to say what is better than that in the past few years. And that stuff like that comes out, that Conjuring Universe stuff, I don't think is as good. People well, like you it. haven't even seen the Conjuring. Well, pe- <laughs> you people seen like it, but people the like Conjuring. it. People like it, but they don't. They didn't go crazy for it like they did the first it. People went crazy for the Conjuring. Yeah, but they that's like real horror fans. That's like a very specific audience. No, I no, think no. It, broad, broad Conjuring did very well. It created an entire universe. Yeah, it did. It did. And, and they only do that if it did that well. Yeah, um, but I think the first it's more of just a, more of a great movie instead of just a good horror movie. It's got a lot going for it, but it's still like blockbuster horror. Sure, sure. But I'm saying the Conjuring Universe stuff is made for simply horror purposes. And it's not made to make you feel like good or laugh. I mean, it's like, it's a different it's, type it's of thing. it's the mainstream horror that people are going to see. Yeah, yeah, Because sure. people aren't seeing that independent stuff. In well, theaters. the thing is, is I think that people that love the Conjuring are probably going to love it. But the people that haven't seen the Conjuring and have also seen it aren't going to love all of the whole it thing. It's because I think it's just, it goes... A little bit outside. Are you? You have any curiosity to see his supercut of the whole movie? No, none at all. That's uh, yeah. I'll watch the first it. Fine, I, I'll revisit that. I have no interest to revisit this movie at all. I want to see his supercut of the whole thing. No, I don't really. I don't really have an interest in the director really much. Mama, you haven't seen any of his other movies? No, he only made one, right? He made Mama. I think he made one before that. I think it was only Mama. His first movie was Mama with Jessica Chastain. That's what it says. He didn't do a short before that? Well, it doesn't say any short films, but uh, that was his first feature. But yeah, I just don't, I'm not that excited after after the uh, second chapter. I think maybe he can surprise me if he's going to do something different. I don't well, know. He's doing The Flash. Oh, well, yeah, fuck him anyway. So <laughs> he, can go, he can go make some superhero movies and be fine. I don't need him. So you're done with Muchetti? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely not like an auteur director, like a writer at all. So it's, so I think it's not, 
something that interests me to that point. But I think I'm sure he can probably make a good Flash movie, but I don't care about that. <laughs> I care about different auteur-driven, interesting filmmaking. You don't like just like, you know, craftsman directors too? Well, sure I do, but that is that is a second tier of interest for me. That, that's definitely after that, you know? And then down comes like superhero movies and then, you know, the tiers go lower after that. Is Todd Phillips an auteur? Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's a writer-director. Did he write Road Trip? Yeah, he did. He wrote all of his movies. You, you're, you're, you're doubting me? He wrote all of his movies. All the movies he directed. Jesus Christ. I guess he's an auteur. I think he is. Uh, and obviously, we're going to see an, uh, an interesting auteur effort from him later this year. But uh, With another clown. Exactly. Did you see the, uh, the Birds of Prey? Oh, that pissed me the fuck off, too. Oh, my God. That was bullshit. First of all, we expect three trailers in Arclight, right? Three trailers. And then this comes in with the movie? Yeah, it's part of the movie. Part of the fucking movie? They sneak the it in there with you. It's like they, they're fucking you up the ass before you even see the movie. It really pissed me off. Warner Brothers really fucking pissed me off of that shit. I was really pissed. But So that, that kind of set the whole oh, thing it set, off. Oh, it set a tone. I was like, so you're already fuck like, you. And then it gave me that hate crime scene. I was like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, I didn't react well to it. Chapter Joe's wanting it to end early. I had a good time, but I was also intoxicated with alcohol. Uh, the time did not bother me. It actually was quite a breezy ride. I enjoyed all the actors in it. Thought they all brought their best to a mainstream blockbuster horror movie. Their best? To a mainstream blockbuster horror movie, whatever best you can give a movie that's... I thought McAvoy was serviceable. He like, oh, Better than the fucking X-Men movies. No, no, he's a great Professor X. In in first in, class, in, he was in, great. In first class, in Days of Future Past, he's 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 good. But great, like, he's great. He's not great. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is great. Fassbender is great. Them together are great. They were great together. So McAvoy was great. But like uh, X Men Apocalypse, which you didn't see. No, probably him in Dark Phoenix. This this was Bill, well, that was he was tired Bill, by Bill's at this point you know a richer character for McAvoy to dive into. Well, that's why exactly. Wait, what? Wait, Bill's a richer character for him to dive into. What do you mean? Yeah. Then the fifth X Men movie. Well, yeah, but it's just something new. It's something that's not tired and something that's not drawn out. That Professor X character has been drawn out and tired for a long time now. Yeah, but I mean, I just thought it wasn't. It didn't surprise me in this. He wasn't like, "Oh, McAvoy, I remember him in this movie." I mean, it's like he's coming from Split in that universe, and it's like, "Wow, he was he's fucking the standout in that movie and that yeah. sort of stuff." But he doesn't. He's just like a guy in this movie. He isn't like anything great. God, you're saying all this stuff, and I just don't even know what to think. Are you uh, questioning that I'm right, or is it just like? I'm, well, I mean, uh, I, it, it's, it's a bad it, reaction. I, well, I mean, when I watched it, every character, I was just like really happy with everyone's performance. Like nothing made me think like, well, that's not uh, that good from them. You know, it was like, I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah, that's what I expected from them. And, and that works. And they all made me laugh. Like I thought the humor was good. Uh, again, maybe me being drunk helped, but I think it did. I just, I had a good time. Well, good. I'm glad that you did. Most people did. I'm in the minority here, but I mean, most people thought all the actors were great. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, uh, I don't. People were praising Bill Hader like Oscar fucking buzz, and that's stupid. That's just yeah, no, he's not, not gonna get Oscar. Gonna happen, but he was good. He was good. He was good at. He does the dark and the funny and bouncing between those sides very well. Yeah, very I think, convincingly. I think he does do that with the right material very well. I think this, oh, he does it well in this. 
It, it may not be as well written as some of the other material he does, but he does it well. He makes it shine, the role, where maybe in the script it just sounded flat and stupid, but he brings something to it. Yeah, he definitely brings something to it, but didn't stand out. I think the only person that I really did like was James Ransone. <laughs> but isn't that a little because it's like you know? No, I just think he was really good, and he, he fit was the character he, I mean, very well. He, he was. I think he was the biggest surprise because I haven't seen him act since The Wire. Well, right. So I think yeah. that's maybe why you liked him the best because you don't you're, get to see him much. You're, you're expecting big things from all these actors, but they're playing it as they're supposed to be playing it. Where James Ransone is getting to do something bigger than he's ever gotten to do before. Well, maybe that's why they shouldn't have gotten all these big actors. It might have been better. I don't know. I don't think that's what killed it. I think it is. But you think it's the actors that killed it? No, you said it was the script and the direction. I think that's, I think it's part of it. I think it distracts from the characters themselves, um, making the big actors, you know, these, these fun characters that we already know and love. But Ben wasn't good enough for you. And he's not anyone you recognize. But what about Mike? He was all right. He was all right. He was all right. I wasn't blown away by anybody, and you know, I, James Ransone was my favorite. So I was the, the kids. I loved all the kids actors. I loved all of them. And I think the kids version is so, the, the kids aspect of it is the better aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, it's, I agree. That's why I like that part more. Thing and, that people are drawn to more. So it was always going to be inferior to part one. Yeah, but there. Yeah, well, there it is. I think it's inferior uh, and, and not really a good movie, but Steven enjoyed himself. So Yeah, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think maybe it could have been a little bit better, but it wasn't going to be much better than what it was. Nah, nah, maybe not. But let's move on. Let's move on to another Stephen King adaptation about some other kids from Derry. Which you think is better than It Chapter 2, which is now I would like to take the opportunity to ask you to explain how <laughs> Dreamcatcher by Lawrence Kasdan in 2003, like one of the worst reviewed movies ever, is better. It's not one of the worst movies, reviewed movies ever. What's the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? It's 29. Okay, that's one of the worst reviewed movies. It's not movies. in the teens when, or when, in no, no, 1%. When, when I you mean, go below 30%, that's in the, the pantheon of worst reviewed movies ever. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and Domino, Domino's in there, and I disagree with that. Sure, there's a lot down there. There's but, a lot, but some are all right. You know, some aren't as bad as their percent. Yeah, and I thought Dreamcatcher wasn't as bad when I saw it as people were saying, but this time around, I think Larry Kasdan made a lot of mistakes, and it might be the fact that this book just isn't nearly as good. Uh, Stephen King has written it off. It's not as heralded, definitely. But yeah, tell me, tell me why. Wait, this... what did you read about what, how, when Stephen King wrote the book? Oh, he uh, said that he's not a fan of the book. He wrote it while he was high on Oxycontin. Oh, yeah. So it's that kind of thing. I mean, he said he also doesn't remember writing the book Cujo because he was so high on coke. Yeah. So Stephen King, he's written a lot of books, and he's written a lot of books on drugs, and this is one of them. I don't know why Kasdan was so sort of attracted to it, but Kasdan, obviously, he's a great director. He's a great writer. Well, he's directed two great movies. Is Silverado not that good? It's good. Not great? It's really good. It's not a great movie. There are two great movies that Larry Kasdan has directed. So, All right. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, that's more than a lot of people can say. And he's uh, wrote some great yeah. movies. Yeah, he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire uh, Strikes uh, Back. Uh, yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh, so he has a really good pedigree. I mean, his great directed movies are Body Heat and Big Chill. Yeah. Um, those are all-time movies. Definitely. If you haven't seen those, check those out. So obviously, when he comes out with a new movie... It's something. I mean, from those, especially when we were first learning about Kazdan, I think, I mean, I didn't even know about Kazdan. I didn't know it was Kazdan when I saw Dreamcatcher. No. And then when going back, we'd saw the big chill and body heat like later in life. And then when we saw that Kazdan directed Dreamcatcher, like, oh, really? 
that's not supposed to be very good. <laughs> and so it was but a I surprise. Re- I remember liking it. Did you see right? it in theaters? Not in theaters. I saw it after. No, I saw it on like TV probably or on DVD. How many times have you seen it? This is my second time seeing I've it. Se- I've seen it now five times. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I-, I liked it. <laughs> a lot apparently, yeah. It's- uh, enough to rewatch it on DVD yeah, or, exactly. H- or HBO when it came out. So let's set it up a little bit. Another group of kids from Derry, Maine. The beginning sort of shows that they're sort of psychically connected in some way. Each character, some really good actors are in this. Jason Lee, Thomas Jane, Timothy Oliphant, Damian Lewis, they all compromise this group of friends and they're connected psychically by an event that happened to them early in their life in Derry, Maine, when they rescued sort of this... Mentally disabled kid. Well, yeah, so there were some bullies messing with this kid while he was being, you know, while he can't really defend himself, and this group of kids come up and save him, and that's when they sort of figure out that this kid is kind of got these weird powers, and they become connected psychically through him. They find this missing girl, and then as adults, they come together every year to celebrate their friendship, and they rent this cabin out that they have in the the woods, and they go on a hunting trip every year. But this year is different. They go up there, and there's some alien presence. Duditz is the key to solving the mystery of saving the world. But yeah, this movie, basically, the first 30 minutes is pretty good. I mean, it's pretty interesting. You're finding out some cool things about these characters. They're all having cool experiences with their powers psychically. Timothy Oliphant finds this girl's keys uh, that's missing, tries to get a date out of it. Um, Each of them is a different occupation, using their psychic powers and telepathy to freak these people out, to freak their, you know, sort of clients out and people that they're coming in contact with to not really much effect. Uh, They can't really use their powers to do anything for good. They just use it to kind of help themselves and help other people around them, but they eventually do have to use it to save the world. Enter Morgan Freeman and Tom Sizemore, too, in this movie, who play military officers, military people, and they are coming in. There's an alien presence that comes into the world while they're in this cabin, while the friends are gathering for this hunting trip in the cabin. An alien presence lands. The whole area becomes quarantined. Weird shit starts happening. Animals start running while they don't know what's uh, happening. This man comes into their cabin sick and it becomes really disgusting and gross. He sort of explodes. An alien comes out of him and starts killing everybody. And then they have to figure out why that it's and how that is sort of plays into the whole scenario. But that's basically the whole thing. It's very kind of, it's a little bit confusing at times and it doesn't always make sense, but there is something there. And it's, it's funny because it does have very similar characteristics to it, where this group of kids are connected by this event that happens, this evil event that happens when they're children. And then they sort of like make a, they don't make a pact necessarily out loud, but they do promise to come together and be friends and help Duddits out for the rest of their lives. They do, they keep that promise and something happens later that brings them back together and they have to use that. So it does have very similar sort of things to it and it chapter two and has adult stuff and kids stuff. So Stephen King's very into that, keeping friends together as kids and then seeing how they are as adults and how their lives interweave there. Also with some supernatural shit, alien shit's always in there. And so that's always some Stephen King stuff. But yeah, the movie does go off the rails (laughs) about sort of an hour in when aliens start coming out of people's asses and start killing people. And then the Morgan Freeman and Tom Sizemore stuff is pretty ridiculous. But I do think... There are some fun things in there with the actors. Thomas Jane and Damien Lewis do kind of sort of bring some good dramatic acting chops to it. Damien Lewis sort of does this dual character stuff when he gets taken over by the alien, which is fun because he does his British accent along with his American accent. And it was kind of the first time I'd saw Damien Lewis. And so that was fun. Timothy Oliphant's always good. Jason Lee is fun in there, even though he does 
have this line that he says over and over again that kind of gets old and stupid. Fuck me, Freddy. But I mean, you know, it's it's not reviewed well. Yeah, 29%. And it has a 35 audience score. So most people didn't like it. And I didn't. I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a good movie at all. But it was less time than It Chapter 2, uh, only at two hours, basically a little over two hours, and also didn't frustrate me at all. Like, didn't really frustrate me. I was like, oh, this is not like great, but it was not frustrating. Part of It Chapter 2 was frustrating to me. And I do like most of the actors in this. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a lot more experience with these actors in Dreamcatcher, I think, than coming at it with the actors from It Chapter 2. So I, I'm grounded more in their acting than I am in the other people's. And so it's fun to see those actors in there. Not great, but still some Stephen King fun in there. I wouldn't recommend you see it necessarily unless you're like a really big Stephen King fan um, and they're a completist or anything like that. Or you like these actors because definitely if you love Tom Jane, if you like Damian Lewis, there's some stuff to like in there a lot. And Morgan Freeman and Tom Sizemore are going a little over the top, which is always fun. But yeah, not great. Still, though, connected Stephen King, group of adults and kids coming together. <laughs> You know who also wrote this with Lawrence Kasdan, wrote Dreamcatcher with Lawrence Kasdan? William Goldman co-wrote it with him, which is interesting. Had some really good people on it. James Newton Howard did the music. John Seal did the cinematography. It was a pretty expensive movie. Didn't really make much, but not too great. Oh, yeah, Donnie Wahlberg in there is playing playing another. It's like he was in Sixth Sense. He plays a murderer, just a psychopath murderer. He's not really mentally disturbed or anything like that, mentally challenged. He's. It's weird for him to come back and play uh, like a mentally disabled kid. But yeah, so... Again, Dreamcatcher, to conclude, not a great movie, but also neither is It Chapter 2. It Chapter 2 is better than Dreamcatcher. It's better produced, I'd say, but I don't think it's better written or better directed. I think it's probably on par with the direction. I think even Dreamcatcher is maybe a little bit better written. I don't know. Um, But okay, that's the end of our kids and adults, Stephen King adaptations. It's fun. It's out there. Go see it. Chapter two. If you haven't already, most people probably have. But next week, um, the biggest movie that's coming out probably is The Goldfinch, which is getting terrible reviews. Thank God. Fuck The Goldfinch. But something surprising, actually, is getting really good reviews. And that's Hustlers. Yeah. Okay. Hustlers. We're going to see Hustlers because it's getting good reviews. It's the bigger, it's the better movie coming out this week. And definitely interesting that it's getting good reviews. They're saying J-Lo going to get some Oscar buzz. Interesting. Did not expect that. So we'll check that out. Maybe watch some Magic Mike 2. Some Magic Mike XXL, which we haven't seen. Maybe we can catch that. But yeah. And we're just waiting till Ad Astra in a couple weeks, which is going to be fucking mind-blowing. But until then, you guys know what to do. We're on Instagram. Check us out. At Soyota Heroes Pod. I'm at Sean Shep Zero. Steven's at, at Steven I Fine. Uh, stream Love Shot on Netflix. Check it out. Rate it. Review it. Give it five stars or give it a thumbs up. Whatever you have to do. Rate and view the podcast, five stars, five star rating, give it a review too. That helps a lot. Um, but yeah, you guys, until next week, keep watching movies because that's what we're doing here.